The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. The second ever recorded ancestor in my family on my father's side, on the Kretzmann side, was named Christian Diedrich. He was born in Hilbertshausen, Germany in the year 1711. I named my firstborn after him, changing Diedrich to Dietrich so as to honor Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I skipped over the first known Kretzmann ancestor because his name was Balthazar, and I found his name disagreeable. Jacob Martin, the name of my middle son, is an old family name, with Jacob then being spelled with a K instead of a C, as is customary in the German language. The Martin named firstly after Martin Luther and secondly after my uncle Martin. Philip Justice is also an old, old family name. The middle name, a direct derivative of the Latin iustus, which means righteous or just. I, myself, assumed all rights to naming our sons after considering the family names on the boy's father's Italian side of the family tree, including such names as Harold Flavian, their grandfather, and cousins Lino and Polino. When I decorated the nursery and the old parsonage where we lived when the boys were born, rather than choosing a theme such as Winnie the Pooh or Noah's Ark, I hung pictures of my great-great-uncle Ollie, my grandmother Elizabeth, my grandfather Gerhard, as well as their parents, a rather stern-looking couple named Martin Friedrich and Elizabeth. These were old black-and-white photos of somber faces and starched collars encased in vintage silver frames. While my ex-husband mockingly called this a death theme, I insisted it was a theme of a great cloud of witnesses. 
that these were the people whose names and traditions and genetics shaped and formed and influenced these boys generations before they were ever even conceived. Countless sleepless nights, while nursing or rocking or diapering, I gazed at these old photos, wondering about these ancestors. Who were they? And what were they like? What made them laugh? What made them angry? What were they afraid of? What kinds of parents were they? How did they meet? Where was their first kiss? How did they die? And who grieved their death? How did their children remember them? What was remembered and what was forgotten? I personally knew none of these people, save for two, my grandparents, and yet they all unknowingly played a huge role in the early lives of my sons. I peered into their faces when I yearned for sleep at 3 o'clock a.m. I begged them for wisdom when a baby boy screamed from an earache. I searched their faces for patience when I felt exhausted and at the end of my rope. This phrase, a great cloud of witnesses, comes to my mind today. All Saints' Day, a holy day in the Christian church celebrated around the world, has officially been celebrated since the 7th century when it was sanctioned by Pope Boniface. as a celebration largely within Rome in the month of May. It was moved to November 1 in the 9th century by Pope Gregory IV and was extended to the entire Christian church. The move to November 1 was very intentional, as it immediately follows All Hallows' Eve, which of course became Halloween, an ancient pagan festival during which root vegetables were carved with scary faces to ward off evil or restless spirits, and offerings of food and certain fermented beverages were left outside the front door to appease said spirits. As Lutherans, we know this was why Martin Luther intentionally chose Halloween to begin his protest against the Roman Catholic Church by nailing the 95 grievances he had against it to the front door of the city church in Wittenberg. Luther did this on October 31, knowing that the church would be packed the following day, All Saints' Day, with people coming to remember their dead and pray for and often pay for their souls suffering in hell or even purgatory, an invented place of liminal existence created by the church so as to extract money from terrified parishioners for the freeing of said suffering souls, which Luther thankfully helped dismantle. Guided by Luther's scholarship and Gutenberg's printing press, eventually Christians began to observe All Saints Day with less dread and more hope as Luther pushed the church to release its grip on the terror it had used to control its people. Today we celebrate All Saints Day with the traditional reading of the names of our loved ones, our friends and family, which you just heard, who have died during this past calendar year. We leave space and time for grief, and yet we also move towards resurrection hope, certain that our beings will meet again, in water and earth and air and spirit and eternity. 
Rather than using this day as a way to wrestle finances from you under the threat of fabricated torment for the dead, the church instead offers this day to you quite tenderly as an opportunity to speak the names of the dead, to give thanks for their lives, to offer remembrances, to forgive past wrongdoing, to confront mortality, to commend life and death into the hands of the one and only creator of all things, including both weal and woe and everything in between. This year, however, All Saints 2020, our list of the dead is appallingly long. This year, our list of names of the dead extends far beyond the names of ones we ourselves have personally known and loved and now grieve. This year, our list includes 1,200,000 names from around the world who have died from COVID, including over 230,000 who have died in our own country, almost 2,000 of whom have died in our very own state. These deaths weigh especially heavy on our hearts as they are largely a result of failed leadership, which seems more interested in election than life. If we were to read the names of those who have died so far from this pandemic in the United States alone, allowing four seconds per name, it would take almost 12 hours to read the list. This year, our list also includes 143 black Americans who have been shot or otherwise killed by police, including George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and most recently, Kevin Peterson Jr., plus thousands more murdered purely on account of race, including Ahmaud Arbery of Brunswick, Georgia, and Michael Williams of Grinnell, Iowa. This year, our list includes 90,000 people who have died globally in natural disasters, wildfires, hurricanes, famine, flood, and storm, including four people who died in August in the terrible derecho storm in Iowa. These are all people with names, with families, with children and ancestors. These are people now whose golf clubs and microscopes and screwdrivers and tractors now sit idle. These are people whose beloved still reach for them in the middle of the night. These are people whose friends still keep their voicemail messages just so they can hear their voice. These are people whose framed photos will adorn our walls, and when our grandchildren and great-grandchildren ask who they were, they will hear stories about things that made them laugh, things that they were afraid of, that one funny Fourth of July, that favorite Christmas tradition, those ridiculous pants the whole family hated, that off-color joke we wish they never told, that one thing they always said that was uniquely them. This is that day. This All Saints Day, the scope of which seems too vast this year to adequately embrace with all the death, the names, the lives we have lost this year so far. Truthfully, it would be overwhelmingly impossible to observe this day at all were it not for Christmas, 
which is coming soon. I say this not to trigger our consumerist panic, but rather to offer hope that the one who is soon to be born, and indeed has already been born, comes into this world to love and forgive and heal and resurrect every single living thing. That Jesus, being God and human, holds together pandemic things, whether that be black plague, tuberculosis, cholera, polio, AIDS, COVID-19, that Jesus holds together ones unjustly killed, ones who have died by fire, flame, and flood, that Jesus comes to this world which seems increasingly out of control even as our country careens towards a national election and the ensuing chaos, no matter what the result, that Jesus loves this world and loves those who dwell in it, not just those of us living, but also those long since dead and those yet unborn. I remember today my uncle Jake, whose 66th birthday would have been on Friday, whom I told you my middle son Jacob was named after. When Jake was five, I took him to Indiana to visit my uncle, who was then dying of adrenal cancer. Little Jake was immediately drawn to his study, where his collection of World War II objects was displayed. One by one, the two of them inspected every pair of binoculars, Zippo lighters, and canteens. They spent hours poring over pictures of old weaponry and tanks. They sat on the floor together, side by side, motionless and silent, until their socially anxious cats crept out of the cellar and crawled all over them purring softly. I will always remember the two of them leaning over Uncle Jake's collection of war medals as I entered the room and said, hey Jake, referring to my son, but the both of them turned around in the exact same manner and said, we're Jake. Uncle Jake died a few months later, but my son inherited his propensity to wrestle with religion, his ability to quietly and accurately Read a room, a preference for working with things rather than people, and an enviously confident self-awareness. From his earliest days, my son has desperately wanted to carry a flask and smoke cigarettes, two traits of his great uncle that he didn't even know about at the time. And now, although Uncle Jake has died, the two are most certainly spiritually bound. In life and death, they are indeed Jake. Such spirits of our loved ones fill our lives and surround us with their presence. The great cloud of witnesses which we remember today enfolds us daily. So then, in this sanctuary, as well as in your office or kitchen or living room, hopefully not your bathroom, but whatever, wherever you are streaming this service, these are not empty spaces, but rather rooms filled with spirits of those who have gone before and spirits of those yet to come. In Jesus Christ, all dimensions of time and space collapse into one reality, and emptiness and void are filled with life. Therefore, you are here in this sanctuary today, if not in flesh, in spirit, as are your ancestors long since dead, 
And in you, the world sees eyes and noses and mouths and dimples of those whose legacy you carry. That in you, we hear echoes of their laughs and their cries. That through you, we hear their resounding demands for justice and peace as each generation fights its wars and marches in its protests and engages in its demonstrations. This sanctuary and your homes even if you are quarantining or in self-isolation, are in fact very busy places, bustling with your great cloud of witnesses, which is now freed from the need for flesh, a cloud of witnesses which surrounds the living to offer hope and wisdom and courage. Daily you are entertaining angels without even knowing it. You are aware of this great cloud of witnesses whenever you speak, and act in a manner which others describe as your father or your grandmother. Whenever you feel a certain calming presence, whenever a scent or a taste or a sound carries you to a different time and place which shaped and nurtured you into who you are today. Pipe tobacco, for me, carries me back to my neighbor Ray, who held me as a four-year-old by his fireplace and rocked me to sleep while his wife, Mary Jane, crocheted. Their home was refuge when my parents were separated. Paco Bell's Canon in D carries me back to my grandmother's living room where I first heard classical music from their giant wooden radio. The taste of hot coffee on a cold morning calls to mind my beloved colleague, Jozef, in Hungary, who was notorious for his failed and dangerous lab experiments, all dead, and yet alive in Christ, and therefore alive in me. These are but a few from my cloud of witnesses. You have your own. Recall them. Say their names. Praise God for them. Today we give God thanks for all of this, for the unnamed collision of grief and hope, for the mystery of death and life, for a creator who holds all of this chaos together in ways we cannot even fathom, who comes to us in flesh and blood, who cries when his friends die and rejoices when healing comes, who touches the diseased, the outcast, and the despairing, who rages against authoritative injustice, who dies so that death can die, and who lives so that we all will live. In this way, today we boldly speak the names of our beloved dead in the sure and certain hope of a resurrection no human being can lay claim to, much less understand. And we proclaim that it finally is God's word and God's breath alone that stir life from the dust, dust from 20,000 years ago and dust 20,000 years hence. In this way, we confess that through the resurrection, hope heralded by the one whose name we bear, all saints, living, dead, unborn, are separated only by space and time and never by spirit. Find communion and comfort in your cloud of witnesses who enfold you and surround you this day and every day. Hear their whispers from beyond the grave carried to you on the breath of the Holy Spirit, whispers reminding you that God calls you beloved, calls you saint, no matter who you are or where you come from, 
no matter whether you come from a priestly lineage or a criminal one, that God calls you saint not because of what you've done or who you are, but because of what God has done and who God is. Amen.